I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What the fuck is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with a Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you again. Second time coming on. You were a man of your words, so we greatly appreciate it. Right. And um, we know you're a very busy man. So I ain't no busy anybody else. Everybody got to eat. So, you know, it's just (laughs) all part of the process, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. I'm just doing my thing like everybody else is doing theirs. And and uh, we are stewards of the business. We deliver information, give, give the people who love this organization, this franchise, this football team, um, a reason to voice their opinion. And that's what it's all about. Without that, we wouldn't have gigs. Right about that. Right so, about that. <laughs> uh, just so you guys know, you can follow Doc, of course, on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. Fantastic follow. I recommend anybody who's on Twitter to do that, or, or just get on Twitter specifically to follow Doc. That's what well, we're game day. Well. I'm having a lot of fun with game day um, because it's a way to engage with our fan base and and um, and be in the moment. If I was usually on the sidelines working, you can't do that. And it's a different vantage point. Your ground level, it's not the best view, but it's an it's a, so intense because you feel everything. You hear the coaches calling the plays. You hear guys when they make a big play. And when they don't make a big play, you you got guys being – I mean, it's, it's such an emotional uh, fire keg. and haven't been through it. I'm looking at this thing now through a different window, and it's, it's, it's fascinating. That's like it's – like it's like a – being under the influence of adrenaline and there's nothing you can do about it. Those guys get to play and release it. You know, Ralph, uh, Wesley, Jamie street, the three of us, we'd be over there and you try not to get in anybody's way, but yet you're consumed by this. And then being a part of the broadcast, you try not to be a lunatic because it, because you're so close to it. And I always describe to people, it's like an out of body experience. Now I'm at the crib and I'm watching this stuff, and I don't have the – and neither do the players because the fans aren't there. I get juiced up with our fans, and now everybody's kind of like in the same boat. And so I'm trying to translate this, and, you know, your thumbs and that little keyboard, it's just – it's rough. And then you say a voice text like last week. I said, uh, you know, Sims Jr., can we get somebody to feel a, a punt? And it came out on the voice thing like pant. And so people are <laughs> killing me laughing. Hey, man. And I go, dude, seriously, you do three hours it of this. Could have been a lot worse. And fumble, fumble, yeah. fumble <laughs> once or twice, okay? Yeah, right. I said, okay, I got me, caught me holding. But the bottom yeah. line is three hours. And then you like, and you feel people's emotions and you're thrown into this thing. And I'm so frustrated by our offense that I want to throw a brick through the TV. <laughs> And then you go, but then again, Alex is so incredible that I can't, I just, you can't help but love the guy. 
and I'm going yeah, to tough. these guys, hey, man, look what this dude's giving you. Can somebody please block or make a play <laughs> to help this guy out? Because he's incredible. I was going to say, when you were on the sidelines, I mean, you have some of the most iconic one-liners talking about out-of-body experiences. It's stupid. It like I mean, I know sometimes it's stupid, but it's just... It's awesome, though. You, you got to understand, the first time <laughs> I'm working with George Michael at uh, Channel 4 and Gary Clark in, in the Minnesota Vikings, he catches that pass and breaks it and, and scores, and game over. Team wins. And I'm running with a microphone, camera guy, Stump, I think it was Don Stump on the late great... And I'm running over, and I forgot I was actually on TV. I forgot I was working because I just wanted to go up to him and give him a high five. And here I am out there jumping, engaging with Gary. I felt like a moron going, and I realized I'm in a suit and tie, this guy. But I was so caught up because we won the game. And those are things that happen. You just got to make that transition. It's a segue, man. And some people do it better than others. I'm really not interested you know, and being a reporter guy. I mean, I'm interested in feeling what this is like because it's overwhelming. And then try to translate to our listeners without being a complete moron, but sometimes it happens that way, but it's real. I ain't making none of it up. I mean, it's just I challenge anybody to come there and stand on that sideline and get that close to that action and not have it affect you in a way and then try to, translate that that kind of try to be civil or try to be yeah. normal it, it's, it's not existent i'm a big fan of your uh crushing the windpipe that's one of my all-time favorites <laughs> well I mean, you were going stupid. nuts I mean, it was so stupid, awesome but, you know it, and you know i mean look i'm a parent okay too but <laughs> i always say those three hours aren't for everybody yeah you know they just aren't you know and and it's like so few get a chance to get in that arena and then those that get a chance to get in, get out, and then try to interpret it, that's where the magic comes in. And everybody has their own style. It's different in the booth because I've been in the booth. You know, and in the booth, you you are, you might as well be in a, in, a, in, a, in a spaceship. You're so far away from the action. And some of these stadiums, uh, since the NFL started making more money, they pushed the broadcast teams – from the 50-yard line, I ride it with perfect view side, uh, vantage point, and they put them up in the crow's nest. They kicked them up to the top. It's like seeing ants. It's so stupid. Yeah. Because these guys then, you know, at the time, Larry and Cooley, they're trying to give this up. You know, Julie, Bram, you know, and D. Hall, they're stuck with and, and looking for them. They, they might be in an empty stadium or they're in a studio or somewhere. What they're doing now you have no idea how hard that is to pull that off because you I'm, don't yeah. get the benefit of that crowd. And they might not even be at the game. You know, it'd be like me sitting right. here in my studio doing a game. Off a of Yeah, they're pros. Crazy. You, you pull yeah. yourself into it, but give me the real deal. Be there three and a half hours early seeing all the stadium people, seeing, you know, all our band, seeing the first ladies you know, football, it's a whole, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's an orchestra, man. It's an event. And that's the it's kind of thing that's very right? difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to get out your system. Some people don't want it to do it, but it's very difficult not to do it because your body is so in tune to this. You ask guys that played in this league every year, I don't care how old they are around training campsite, their body's going, Hey, we're, we're, why aren't we, you know, aren't we supposed to be doing something today? You know, when you don't have to lift every day, run every day, watch what you eat. So these guys, man, and they got a good group of people, and they're not, they're not slackers. They work their butts off. Uh, they don't play the smartest games, but they're still very young. But once they get it together and cut and stop helping the opponents, you know, beat them, they're going to be hard to beat because they're built on the foundation of defense first. Right. And that, to me, are yeah. my favorite teams. Because you get stops, then you don't have to be the Chiefs in order to win a ball game. It's very difficult because you might not have Pat Mahomes. Or you might not have all the freaks they have. 
Well, so you got to build it up to it. Well, going back to Young, everybody knew he was a physical beast. But did you expect him to be such an emotional leader right off the bat? You see him on the sideline. He keeps everybody awake. He keeps everybody in line. It's so amazing. It reminds me of, you know, like Lawrence Taylor when he first went to the Giants on the sideline. You see that footage of him just riling guys up even when he's not in the game. It's just amazing to see. He's a rare leader. I had a lot of people on Twitter asking me, why is he wearing the C and why is he, why is Ryan Carrick? It's not Ryan's game. Ryan's game is performance. Chase's game is performance plus. He's like a high octane gasoline. Okay, everybody's got to be who they are. The worst thing you can do is force a guy into something he's not. When they put that C on Dwayne Haskins, I said, what are they doing? That ain't who he is. Right. He's a performer, but he never asked to be the leader. Okay. And so that's on them. That's a fumble on their part. They got the right guy in it right now. I'm telling you this right now because this dude, the energy he exudes doing that, it wears a guy out. I'm telling you, that's why I hope his teammates pick up a little of that slack because it's exhausting. And he's got that freak on the other side, sweat. See, it's a combination. That's what makes it work. It's Chuck Mann and Dexter Manley. It's that, it's that thing. When you got two guys, remember when Wilbur Marshall was here, Wilbur Marshall was raising all kind of hell. He had four of the guys up there doing it as well. Sure. When you got a band of brothers, you are hard to deal with. And let's not make LT was phenomenal, but so was the rest of that group they had over there with the New York football giants. Yeah. You got to get into the dance in order to contribute. You know, they're there regardless of seven and nine or not. They could be sitting watching TV at home like we are. Like the Giants. So I'm happy about it. No, no, no. Like the Giants. Right. And the Cowboys and the Eagles. (laughs) Right. That's the beauty of that. They won't watch. They're sick. And the Giants, (laughs) I mean, I'm so sick of hearing them whining. You know Uh, what? Let it go. We've all been there. We had 1984. We had, if the Cowboys beat the Niners, we're in. And those rotten, you know what, they had it. And they let it slip away, and our playoff hopes were dead. I remember sitting in the scoreboard restaurant that oh. day at 4 o'clock game. We were tortured till about 8. And then you know, it's over. Your season is over. It's a finality that you can't, I can't describe it. You're sitting there yeah. counting on some guy you can't stand to do you a favor. <laughs> and you got to handle your own business. And the next year we came back, you know, got a playoffs. Look, it, it, it happens. The Eagles had nothing to play for. I've heard all week, six to nine. It's an unbelievable difference in the sixth pick and the ninth guy. Because yeah. the sixth pick with three or four viable quarterbacks in the running, you might get some sucker to come right. and take your pick and pay you a king's ransom because they got to have the quarterback. Then you slide back with more assets. The Eagles could come out of this looking great. It was a perfect move. Giants should have just won more games. That's it. Yeah, simple as that. Don't yeah. rely on somebody else to do your business. Yeah, you know, I wanted to thank you again, Doc, for coming on. We, we really, really appreciate it. It's, again, such a thrill for Noel and I because, you know, we've been watching you forever, and it's it's just amazing. I. I know you don't think that it's a big deal, but it's a big deal <laughs> no, no, for no, us. No, no, I no, I'm not trying to, man. I'm just saying, dude, just, you know, normal guy. I know you love are. Love what I do, love the business, and the guys like you guys that supported us through thick and thin, and it's been tough 20 years, man. More thin than thick. you sure. damn right All it right. is. <laughs> it's nice to have yeah. you on the fan side with us. It's great. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, can play, I play both hats because I'm yeah. not playing, you know, and I'm not working. So I am, I am from that standpoint, that's where I'm at. But the support that was given to me, I'm giving it back, you know, and um, until I get back on the good, good foot and then we just keep going. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Empire.
Well, let's bring in CBS sports contributor, NFL cap specialist, and the host of Inside the Cap, which you can find on all podcast platforms, Joel Corey. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, real quick, you can follow Joel on Twitter at Corey Joel, not Joel Corey, like that weirdo disc jockey, the, the whatever he is. British bodybuilding <laughs> DJ yeah. who happens to be pretty famous in the electronic dance music genre. Yeah. Man. I've actually few, I've actually pulled a couple of friends of mine uh, with that. It's <laughs> like what did you what happened to you, Joel? I'm yeah. like, hey, I got a new hobby. I've got I've got into music. <laughs> Plus you're in Vegas too. They must they, they must think he lives out there with you or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the weird thing is when I signed up for Twitter, I'm thinking I'll get Joel Corey. And I'm like, why isn't that available? It's not a common name. <laughs> and I yeah. find out this dude now he's blown up so at least he's big now, time when someone googles joel Corey, i don't show up anymore a couple right. years ago i used to i it used is. to show it's up true. Now it's, it's true now you're it's like man look at that look at that guy's abs anonymous now he doesn't wear his shirt much at all <laughs> i'm jealous but uh of course and also uh your agents takes articles on cbssports.com Amazing stuff. Very detailed. Look at look at those. All insights on NFL contracts. I think you do some other contracts as well from from time to time. But um, how are things going with you? Oh, no complaints on my end. Just uh, staying busy with the articles, the podcasts, and so forth. Absolutely. Well, before we get into our beloved Washington football team, I was curious about something. You know, my, on my own. For for people who don't know, Joel has represented guys like Shaq, Hakeem, Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, Keenan McCardle, Jimmy Smith, among many others, of course. But I've been actually binge watching Ballers recently, and it kind of <laughs> gave me the idea. I-, I was curious, any crazy stories as a... Not that I can probably tell for public consumption. <laughs> <laughs> well, leave names out. You know, yeah, is there yeah. anything, you know, that, that you'd like to uh, share or could share? share. <laughs> so I was just leaving right. it at that. <laughs> All right. He's still under contract. It's like, you know, <laughs> Man, you, go to, you go to your grave with it. Is it anything like Ballers? How about that? Can we, can you give well, us there's that? There's one thing about Ballers, which actually is incorrect. The agent on that show didn't do anything. It's that the financial advisors were the ones who were like the day-to-day point person managing the players' lives. That's the agent's job. The financial uh-huh. advisor typically doesn't have that responsibility. Because the Jason guy who was the agent, it was like, what do you do? But basically, he does a contract, and that's it. <laughs> right. Are you closer to The Rock? Jerry Maguire? Or, or Ari, oh, from, Ari. Uh, <laughs> from, from Entourage? Actually, I would say <laughs> out of all the ones, it's more more Arliss type than anything else. If you remember, if you remember that yeah. show. Arliss, yes. Yeah, there oh, yeah, Arliss. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, I like that show. Well, the one thing I didn't like about Jerry Maguire was that if Jerry Maguire is the point person for multiple guys, you're meeting with more than just Rod Tidwell. And the movie would have been very boring because it would have been a movie about litigation on who is taking what client, who who has what ongoing percentage for the existing clients. And the movie would have been something nobody want to watch. Yeah, 10 years of litigation in the courts about who gets who. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, that lost me. I'm like, he's point person to 20 people. He takes one. I'm like, no, that's not realistic. Right. He lost me there. Yeah, so there's I, non-competes. And yeah, exactly. You know, it would right? be that yeah. type of stuff. Are they enforceable? Yeah. Until you came on, I always, I thought it was all real. <laughs> <laughs> Just like last one? Speaking of The Rock. <laughs> yeah, well, there's The Rock. <laughs> He's been known to do some wrestling. Well, going to the Washington side with a potential franchise tag, which I, I doubt it's going to happen, but with the sheriff situation. You, I got, mean, he's prob- you got about $38.5 million in cap room for the cap's yeah. 180, 43.5 is 185. So you have the room to do it. The only problem is it's $18.036 million for the second tag and 120% increase. And if you did do that, then you're setting that as a starting point for a long-term deal. We've never had a $15 million per year um, right. interior offensive lineman. So either way, tag or no tag, if you want to sign him before he actually hits the open market, you're going to go above $15 million per year. My thing is, if I represented him is I've incurred the risk of poor performance and major injury. I know he was on IR for three games, but came back, so no, it was a minor injury, but – if I've gone this far, if you want me to forego seeing what I can get elsewhere, then you got to hit my price 
for me to do that at this point because there's no intervening event between now and the start of free agency where he's putting himself in risk physically. Do you think he's at the point now where he can set the guard standard for the market? Oh, yeah. there's, there's not a $15 million per year yeah. or he'll be it. Yeah. That's what it was going to take to get it done last year, at least. It's probably right. going to be more than that. So, And it doesn't help that he was a first-team All-Pro this year oh, as yeah, well. It doesn't help so. either, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I am concerned about Sheriff because he's always injured. I know he only missed three games this year, but he's always That's what missing game games. roster bonuses are for. He's yeah. staying put. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, if I'm the agent, I'm minimizing that. I'm like, hey, he, he was upright enough to be first team All Pro, so don't. I don't want to hear about you. Do you want to sign him or not? Right, right. I think somebody was in cahoots on that one because I don't know if he was first team All Pro, but you know, he got it. So I'm, he got, I'm, yeah. I'm using it if I'm Still, the agent. Oh, absolutely. No, I saw him on there. I'm like, really? I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't see that. But the timing couldn't have been worse. I don't think. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, that's actually more. Important or more reliable than Pro Bowl because you don't have oh, yeah. sure, of course. That's yeah. even worse. Some of the Pro yeah. Bowl situations. I'm like Kyler, Kyler Murray over Tom Brady. I'm like, okay. You know, you got anything no, else? I, I'm good. Oh. This was awesome, man. Yeah, thank you, Joel. We really appreciate it. I know you got probably 38 more interviews to go today, so we're going to go ahead and. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Got to go talk to Shaq about the old times, huh? Don't want to share them here, but you share them. <laughs> the good old days. I actually read your article on the Orlando to Lakers. Oh, awesome article, man. Yeah, that was great. That was a blueprint on how not to sign a generational talent because my whole uh, take after the first conversation was, son, this is a conversation that we have with a run-of-the-mill football free agent. I'm like, this is Shaq. I'm like, Shaq. wow. <laughs> right. You must have been shocked. It, 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 they expect better yeah, rebounding out of him. Then they're bringing up, uh, well, we have to be concerned about what we have to do for Penny. You know, we're thinking, screw Penny Hardaway. I'm like, Sha- <laughs> Shaq's free now. Penny ain't free. You have to do anything for Penny till next year. It was shocking. I can't believe, like, the selling that you had to do for Shaquille O'Neal. It's it's absolutely insane. Like, the reasonings behind the, the non-signing was absolutely ludicrous. Well, the it's crazy insane. thing is Miami just – came right out of the box with, with, with uh, Alonzo Mourning. Here, here's what you want. What do you want? Here, we'll give it to you. Right. And then we're like pulling teeth trying to get what we wanted. And that's what opened the door for the Lakers because all our conversations before our first phone conversation with the Magic was Orlando. And we had like endorsement things in the mix where we're thinking we're staying. Like we were going to do some joint venture restaurant in Universal City called Shaq's Place. <laughs> so we weren't thinking uh, of leaving. If you're yeah. a Magic fan, don't listen to this. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna, oh, it's and the best thing was knowing that Shaq was a little sensitive. How about the poll? Is Shaq worth $100 million when they come when the Olympic team comes to play right. uh, an exhibition game down there? The average person doesn't think any athlete is over $100 million, particularly back then. Of course. So it was overwhelmingly That's sticker known. shock at that time. So we're like, thank you very much whoever decided to put that poll in the Orlando Sentinel. <laughs> yeah. Particularly when he's coming back in town. <laughs> How offended was Shaq over that whole thing? Yeah, he didn't like it at all. <laughs> but you could you could have put Michael Jordan in there and they'd have said no. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, yeah that, it seemed that way. I mean, it just was just excuse after excuse or just well, that, reasons that not to. to uh, and they lost it. A side issue that anytime there's a monetary dispute, at least nine times or nine and a half times out of ten, with an owner and a player, the average person sides with the owner, the billionaire over the millionaire. It's, it's odd. Yeah, 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 it's like, well, I'd play a game for free. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. If that was your profession, your job, you want to be paid what the market dictates for your job. <laughs> right. Well, right. Noel, Noel's one of them. He's a big Snyder fan. Oh, give Always me a defending break. Snyder. Give at me every, a break. Listen back to the old episode. He's never had a problem paying his players, though. No NFL yeah. owner has problems yeah. paying because they're all sharing the money. Here's, a, here's an interesting thing, observation. I try not to be political, but the NFL system is a socialistic system. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we live in a capitalist society. Who's more likely to be a socialist? Someone who is like AOC. Right. Or Bernie Sanders right. type. Mm-hmm. What's the political leanings of most owners? All the way to the right. Oh, yeah. As much as you can get out of dog. It's dog, very odd. Dog, you know, and uh, yeah, it's funny how it how it ends up that way. And that's why I was saying on my the previous show, I was talking about Bezos potentially trying to get in on Washington. It was like, 
how much money he has really doesn't play a factor. He could own the league with the money that he has, but still, it's the way that the le- used to have a yeah, lot more, the, right? <laughs> the way the league is run, you don't have to to uh, be able to have enough money to buy the moon unless you do a lot of guaranteed unless you, money. Unless, unless right. there's a lot of guaranteed, right? <laughs> well, we could have had a whole different tra- trajectory for the past few years had someone been allowed to buy the Buffalo Bills, who shall be who shall name me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true yep. that's very true but on paper he may not have the money to buy it buy him anyway so what <laughs> right point right possibly well joel thank you again we, we really appreciate the time and again you can follow joel on twitter at Corey joel not joel Corey. subscribe to his podcast inside the cap look out for his columns on cbssports.com am i missing anything I know you're on nope. like NFL radio all the time with Sirius XM, all yeah, that stuff. You, you so pretty much covered yeah. it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sick of competing against thousands of professional bettors with algorithms? What about spending all day analyzing salary caps and lineups using other daily fantasy sites? Then you should try Monkey Knife Fight. Amazing name, by the way. I've used most, if not all the other sites, and trust me, I just stop because I don't have time to put all that work in. MKF is easy to play. MKF offers all of the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR. You can pretty much bet on anything your little heart desires. MKF offers fun contests that are super easy to play. For example, there's a game called More or Less. Simply pick more or less on different player props. Think Patrick Mahomes. Will he go over his 288.5 yard number? Select more. Think Lamar Jackson. Will he stay under his 212.5 yard number? Select less. Get both right and win. Simple, right? We're getting old. The less we have to think about, the better. I've been using this site personally for the last few months, and it's so user-friendly. And honestly, it's made me actually care about what happened in, for example, the Rockets' Magic game the other night. Quite possibly the least interesting game in the NBA this year. So go to monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code BELTWAY, and you get a free $5 game just for signing up. No strings attached, I promise. You also get a first-time depositor bonus, which they cover 100%. Deposit $10, you get $10 free. Deposit $100, you get $100 free. This offer is not going to last long, so tap the link in the episode description and sign up, again, using our promo code BELTWAY. So easy, even a drunk monkey could do it. Empire. Let's bring in Washington football team and NFL reporter for The Athletic, host of Standing Room Only podcast of course, that you can find everywhere. If you're listening to this, you can find it in this app that you're currently listening to. So please do that. Ben Standing, welcome back. Hey, fellas, I I, I appreciate it. My I got this new mic. I was just telling you about it. It just tipped over. I don't know what's going on here. It's very confusing, but I, pr- I appreciate. Uh, sorry about the noise. If anybody heard that, but I appreciate the uh, the invite back. Hope, yeah, of course. I bet you that didn't hey. happen with Jay, huh? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately, this is the, the that was the last interview I conducted. I didn't have any mic. I just talked, and uh, that was pre-mic. Yeah, he, he sounded really good. I think he was just talking into his phone or his computer. I don't know what was going on, but like I even had people comment to me, but like Jay sounded like he was in a professional studio. He did. Like, no, he really did. I was actually yeah. going to say the same thing. I, 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 I didn't notice anything. He was sort of we were on Zoom looking at each other, but he was sort of. Let's say the camera angle was like sort of not like perfect. It was like sort of mm-hmm. you know chin up. So I don't know what was going on down there, but I I, I can't comprehend he was using a professional setup. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> he doesn't even have Twitter. How can he figure out a mic? You know, I don't know exactly. But uh, speaking of Twitter, you can also follow Ben at Ben Standig. So please do that. Third appearance, amazingly enough, you've actually exceeded Bram's appearances on our show. So congratulations for You're that. Big time right? now, man. To, uh, oh yeah, big time. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. I need I need all the practice I can get. <laughs> well, um, how are things with you since the last time we spoke? Um, when did we speak last? Do we remember what part of the season? Oh it was, gosh, or? it was probably yeah. mid-season okay. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, to say the least, this season, it was both a blur and a nightmare and a lot of fun all all wrapped in one. I mean, it was just a lot going on. I definitely got worn down, to be honest, like personally by late in the year, because like really 20. I mean, look, in the relative scheme of the world, everything's fine. No, no real, you know, no real complaints, real world complaints. But obviously 2020 was exhausting for all of us. But covering this team specifically, really, from the <laughs> moment that Ron Rivera, Bruce Allen gets fired, and Ron Rivera get tired. How much downtime really was there? Yeah. Um, not much. A little bit in the late spring, and then once we got to like the beginning of June, when you had the, the sexual harassment stories came out and the name change, and really from that point on, it just never stopped until 
Hmm. They lose to Tampa Bay. So um, I, I think, honestly, the first like couple weeks after the season, I, well, not, 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 I, not, I think, first two and a half, three weeks, I don't think I shaved at all. I started looking like Grizzly Adams. Um, I was wearing like the same two sweatshirts every day. Nice. I really just went cake. Yeah, I work from home. I do that. Yeah. I went like straight caveman style. Um, so coming out of that a little bit. And, you know, there's still obviously a lot to do with this team. You know, the quarterback situation, obviously, they just dealt with the, with the front office changes. And um, the draft will be here soon enough. So never stops. But, uh, you know, no, no, like I said, no, no real complaint that's hanging in there. Hey, it keeps you in a, it keeps you in a job. <laughs> yeah. And we always have something to talk about, which is yeah. nice, you know. But at the same time, hopefully this offseason is a little quieter for you, at least, Ben. What I'm really concerned about moving to my question, Ben, is and Matt and I have talked about this is deep in the draft. You need that geek in the room. And I feel that that analytic guy. And I feel like Kyle Smith was that. And you've got this old school mentality thinking with the heart guys and not the guys that sit there and do binary code and Kyle Smith could have been that guy even if they wanted to bring in all have a threesome they could have had a foursome with Kyle I don't think it would have hurt anything now I don't know if Kyle didn't want to stay at the same position or not but it just makes sense that they could have just had that other point of view for the deeper draft part of it do you guys follow on twitter that records and radio guy danny no oh you don't know him no no he's like a he's like a twitter twitter legend he was one of the first guys that always put up videos from every or gifts from everything but anyway his one of his one of his bits whenever somebody says something that's uh, of a certain nature he has a hashtag like sensual twitter so when you said threesome and foursome that's where my head went um <laughs> all right <laughs> get it out of the gutter uh, there ben i knew somebody's head was in the gutter i didn't expect it to be you ben <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe it's good, maybe because I just talked to Gruden and my head is like, I'm, 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 free, yeah, I'm, there free, you go. I'm free flowing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting it go like Jay, like Jay does. Um, you know, look, it's a fair criticism. I mean, you know, Marty Herney and, and Martin Mayhew, I, I haven't done like the full deep dive, but like broadly, you know, we look at what they've done and, and talk to some people. They did really good in the first round. The later rounds were not as good. Herney in particular, that was a big, that was a big issue. And so, there's something to be said for that. Now, the, the thing is, and this is where it gets tricky, is you're in a room with people and people are making decisions. And who's ultimately the one that said draft? You know, we like Cameron Curl, sign Logan Thomas. We've all heard Ron Rivera talk about tight end coach Pete Hayner is the one he keeps mentioning was really into Logan Thomas. Well, how did they, how did Logan Thomas's name get in front of Pete Hayner? Did Pete Hayner pull it out of thin air? Right. Or did some scout, right. some pro scout say, Hey, here's some names to look at. Then based on that, you look at it. Like that was the story I'd always heard with like Cole Holcomb, Jay Gruden got some credit for that, but Jay Gruden didn't himself say, Hey, this linebacker from North Carolina. He just, at some point a scout said, we like this guy. Take a look at some of the, some players Gruden did liked what he saw from that, they ended up picking uh, Cole Holcomb. So that's the whole point. That's what that makes it kind of interesting is, you know, how does how does Ron Rivera see this? It's you know, whether he's ultimately making certain decisions or not in terms of the draft picks, whatever. Um, you know, I, the the how, how do you get how do you get the information in front of you? You know, who are you sending out? To buy the ingredients, even if you're making the meal or whatever that whatever that analogy kind of is. <laughs> the parcels. And, and, yeah. I got you. And, yeah, and, I got like, you. and so you know, look, they did keep at this point. They have kept the entire college scouting department, other than Kyle Smith, which is not an other than. But like you know, it, all these other guys were there last year too when they had a successful draft and got Antonio Gibson and, and Cam Curl and so on. So you know, you have to hope that some of the, you know, if you're watching it, some of those guys or part of the reason why they had a successful draft. And, you know, uh, the pro side has definitely been turned over. But, you know, again, it's not like Mayhew and, and Herney are, are chopped liver. So you have to hope that they have some good thoughts on her. And Mayhew, you know, the last couple of years, you know, was with San Francisco. They obviously did a pretty good job, you know, won the NFC a year ago and so on. So, you know. And he got yeah. promoted on, you know, one of the better rosters in the league. So obviously he was doing something right. And that was one of my arguments as well. Because his track record in Detroit obviously is not great, but the fact that he got that promotion by John Lynch, you know, could speak volumes about where he's gotten to at this point in his career. So let's hope that works out. And I can, and I don't know this for facts. So I'm saying, but like just like here, if we just if somebody from thirty thousand feet looked at Washington's situation and said, "Boy, who cares? Why would you worry about Kyle Smith? They got they drafted Dwayne Haskins." Well, we he being here 
no, if you listen to my Jay Green interview, but if we kind of heard this already, that while well, the owner kind of interjected himself to pick this guy and and Bruce Allen, right. like I've been told previously that like the Bryce Love pick was more of a Bruce Allen pick than it was necessarily the front office or things like that. So, you know, that you know I mean, so you don't know, like did Martin Mayhew, uh, who knows, did the ownership tell him to do something or did, did the head coach at some point say, hey, no, I want to do what, you know, it, it, yeah, all these things it's always are always a power mix. struggle it, everywhere, right? And, and some right. everybody has a different yeah, yeah. kind of power struggle. Everybody's got a yeah. boss, right? You got it. I'm Byron Kerr, your host for the Curly W podcast. Join me on the Curly W for the very latest on the Washington Nationals. We'll give you an inside look as to what's happening with the Nats right now, and give you also a chance to visit with Nats players and coaches, present and past, to tell you what it's like and what they hope to accomplish with the Nationals, from Fredericksburg to Nats Park. West Palm Beach to Rochester, Wilmington to Harrisburg. It's all Nats baseball. Subscribe to Curly W wherever you get your podcasts. Another great show from Empire Media. Empire. All right, so we're very excited to have our next guest on. He's the voice of the Washington Wizards, which broadcasts on NBC Sports Washington, of course. Mr. Justin Kutcher, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, doing great. good. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Big Wizards fans, got to come on for that. Well, first, I wanted to ask you as far as uh, Ben Simmons, you know, how's how's everything going? You guys made up yet? Everything OK there? <laughs> everything is fine. Um, honestly, I, I I liked his response. Um, I thought it was awesome. And and I I didn't mean any ill will towards him. Um, it was more just a conversation piece for Drew and I to have late in the game when the game is out of hand. And I, I truly never intended for it to get the response that it got. And frankly, I, I'm sorry for that. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that it, that it created such a, a firestorm that, that never, that never was what I was hoping for. Um, if anybody follows me on social media or whatever, they know I'm not out there trying to get attention and try to get followers. So um, it turned into something I, I did not want it to. And uh, for that, I'm, I'm truly sorry. Oh, no. Hey, you know, we thought it was great. I thought it was it great. Was, so, you know, no need to apologize. And uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I, I remember watching the game and you all were just kind of going back and forth. And I don't know if that's the first time because he's a, a bigger fan of Ben Simmons than you are. Drew is. And so you all were kind of had a couple back and forth. And, but that last one, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. He might that might catch his ear. That might catch his ear a little bit. But I, was, I thought it was good. I was more I offended was because he was basically saying that the Wizards, it was a shot more at the Wizards. He's like, oh, he's just an announcer for the Wizards. Like, the bottom tier team that you could, yeah, you know, it was like, give me a break. what an what asshole. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I honestly, no, I know. And, 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 um, <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought him, uh, trying to have some fun with me was cool. Yeah, um, yeah that was awesome. Honestly, I yeah, thought, yeah. I love the picture he took. Um, it's one of my <laughs> favorites. Um, so I, I thought, you know, if, if we could have some fun with it, you know, I, I joked around about the next time I go to Philly, I'll either wear a Santa Claus outfit or a Ben Simmons jersey. <laughs> there you um, go. Yeah. But. Make sure you, you have your batteries with you, just in case. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the Wiz, we're going to obviously talk about them. But there's been a bad taste in fans' mouths over over the Steve Buckant situation. I know this is a couple years ago, but I, we've never talked, so I wanted to talk about it. You know, sure. Obviously, wasn't resigned. No, no fault of your own. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you were just the next guy in line. Anybody who taken the job, right? There was a lot of backlash against you. It seemed like. Right. And I don't really understand why. I mean, you're in our intro, for God's sakes. You know, we've, uh, I don't know if you've heard that or not. Yeah. Speaking of, you haven't said Konichiwa in a while. <laughs> it was a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'll get it in there. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Love that. But, you know, big shoes to fill for Steve Buckants. I mean, do you feel like things are starting to kind of level out a little bit with the fan support? Or do you feel like there's still something going on there? Because I don't know. I've, I've liked you since day one. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's it's weird because uh, I, I did not see all the, the blowback on social media. Um, really, I didn't get back into tweeting or anything until the pandemic hit. Um, but it's not too often I go and search my name because when you search your name, it's very rare that good things come up. Um, so <laughs> Especially you know, when I... Yeah. <laughs> Not Noel. Okay, Noel. Not yeah, Noel. yeah, right. Um, <laughs> um, but but when I got the job, I knew it was going to be, you know, the blowback and, and this and that. I expected it. And it's what I said in the first interview. I mean, if I if it were my team and I had a guy for 21 years and all of a sudden he's gone, I'd be pissed too. 
You yeah. know, it's it's what you're it's the voice you're used to. You're so accustomed to that. You know, when I would go do games with Fox and I'd come in for the national game, whether it was MLB or or basketball, you know, everyone's like, oh, you suck. You suck. We want our guys. Well, yeah, it's because you're used to hearing your own guys. And what I've said this entire time is that hopefully over time, people think that Drew and I do a really good job and they tune in. They're like, you know what? These guys are fun. And hopefully we have a run like Phil Chenier and Steve Buckhans. And all of a sudden it's people saying like, oh man, Kutcher and good. And that's that those are our guys. And and that's all that we can control. Um, I, I can't go out there and try to call a game um, to be like Steve Buckhans. Uh, I think I, I'm actually kind of um, lucky in the sense that I didn't grow up here in DC. So I didn't grow up listening to him. Um, so there's nothing that I do that I'm trying to, to be like him um, or try to replace him. Um, that's never been my mindset. My mindset has always just a bit, just to come in and, and call, call a wizards game. And I know people were wondering, you know, would I really have an allegiance towards the team? I promise you guys, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I I'm up and down with this team. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm the biggest cheerleader they can have. I want to see them do well. And when they lose and they lose a tough game, it, it takes its toll on me. I've got more gray hair now than I did before I took the job. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for me, I mean, for me, I'm still getting used to the Westbrook situation. I, I'm, Matt is a little bit was more happy about the trade with Westbrook for me with the wall thing. It's kind of the same with the announcer situation. Not as much, but just getting used to that new player coming in. You're you see wall every day. He's in he's in the community and things like that. And it was a little heartbreaking. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think that I would take it as hard as I did that he was traded. No cried. It was sad. I wept. <laughs> yeah, he wept. First time I didn't even weep when, uh, you know, family members, anything else. But when Wall <laughs> left, that was number one family member there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? That Honestly, like, that's a great thing because it just goes to show how passionate you are and the relationships that, that fans can form with players. And that's why I think sports are great is because you do have that allegiance, because you do feel like they become part of your family. And uh, no matter how old or young you are, you know, it's the same thing. And, and I love that. You know, for me, I, I said it was a trade that you have to do. And it's you go back at the time of the deal, 100 times out of 100 times, I make that trade. Wall is coming off two years having not played. Even though I said last year watching him in, in practice, I'm like, this guy's going to be a comeback player of the year. He may be an all-star next year. Like that's how much confidence I had in John, but with Russ, he was coming off a bad year and he was third team all NBA. Um, and I think what happened for Russ is he got off to the slow start and we're all like, Whoa, where's, where's was this Russell Westbrook? It was shocking. Right. Yeah. And we didn't know about the injury. And so now all of a sudden the Russell Westbrook who can fly past people and fly over people He's starting to show up and he's essentially averaging a triple double again, which is mind blowing. I mean, he makes it look easy. So, so I, I, th I still think it's the right move. I understand how it could be tough. Um, and frankly, I respect that. I love that about the fans that they do take it hard. Well, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. Uh, we won't call you JK. I know that's, that's, uh, you know, oh, you can. Right? Oh man, we, we've moved up. <laughs> you can call me JK. We, you can call me Kutch. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Oh man, we got nicknames now. Uh, so cool. many to choose from here. You can call me Noel if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin. Sorry, I almost did it. Okay. You can follow Justin on Twitter at just at Justin Kutcher. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate. It. We should do this again sometime. And hey, if you ever need a fill in for Drew, we're there for you. I know Karan's usually the backup, but we'll... Uh, yeah, he's, he's coaching, coaching, he's coaching right, he's in coaching. Miami now, so yeah. Yeah. I meant to take so, you So you don't have that. a backup, so, you know... We'll... As long as you bring some firehouse subs, we should be okay. Oh, <laughs> I know go. a place. I know a place. Right. <laughs> thanks, All man. Right, appreciate thanks. it. Have thanks, a good one. guys. All appreciate right. you. Hello. It's Tyler Roman, former NFL scout and host of the Roman on the League podcast. Every week, I update my mock draft that not only looks at the best players available, but the needs for all first-round teams. 
The draft board keeps changing with all the movement this year, so tune into my show, Roman Around the League. That's R-O-M-A-N, Around the League Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and check out all of the great shows from Empire Media. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Welcome back. The voice of your Washington football team, host of the Bram Weinstein Show on ESPN 630, which you can hear daily from 3 to 6. And, of course, the founder of our podcast company, Empire Media, Mr. Bram Weinstein. How are you doing, sir? Hello, people. Hey, man. <laughs> I think the last time we talked about it, you were going into your season, first season as the Washington football play-by-play announcer. Looking back, how was it? Was it everything you thought it would be? Was it always cracked up to be? <laughs> it was. Actually, I mean, it was. And I'm not just saying that. It was, it was as fun as I thought it would be. There were two parts that I wish were different that nobody had any control over. We could not travel to the road games, so we did all the games out of this out of FedEx Field, which you know was fine. But we're calling it off TV, so it's not the same. Right. And there were barely any crowds, and that was hard. You like, I would love to know just a couple of them. Like, I would like to know what the sound of the stadium would have been when Philadelphia was up seventeen to nothing in the opener, and then what the sound in the stadium would have been. If people were still there, that's good, that's you know, great. when they came back <laughs> and won. And then I'd really like to know what the sound in the stadium would have been when Heineke scored that touchdown in the Tampa Bay playoff game. I, I just I cannot imagine what that would have been like. Um, so that part was really missed. And that part's probably going to be weird and take some getting used to next year when I assume that we'll have at least a decent percentage of the stadium allowed back in. So that'll be, that'll be really cool for next year. And I, I can't wait to travel. And I would have been really pissed cause they're going to Vegas this year. I would have been really pissed <laughs> if the at Vegas game, which happens every four to eight years happened last year and I couldn't go. Right, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm pumped about that one. Hopefully you can make it into the announcing booth after a night in Vegas. I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm, I am. What I'm praying for from the schedule makers is the old Thursday night. Washington at Vegas, oh, which nice. then lets me stay there the whole weekend. <laughs> like that would be that's like the all time gift. If you need yeah. somebody to carry your bags, I'm here for you, man. I'll go to that yeah. game with you. I'll go and do it like one of those dog crates. <laughs> I'll just hide in one of those, you know, like a. <laughs> but it had to be eerie though, especially initially with nobody there and just crickets in the stadium, and you see these big plays, and you, and even as an announcer, I guess you f- kind of feed off the crowd to a certain extent. Oh yeah, and then you're saying touchdown, and the only people celebrating are the the sideline players. You know, honestly, the first few games it was probably better off because I was so zoned in on the game and the boards and not screwing up that like <laughs> it probably was just better off, you know, that nobody yeah. was there bothering me yeah. or making me nervous or anything like that. So that was probably a gift that that happened. By the end of it, though, it became like it was missing, yeah. like these big moments, like Chase Young's running for a touchdown and there's no noise in the stadium. Like that's so <laughs> yeah. it's weird. It, it's just it's just weird. took it away from me oh. just watching yeah. it on TV. You know, it's like it was kind of yeah. just weird. I, I don't know. And but I don't know. It's coming We're around almost there. It's, so, almost it's there. coming around. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be I mean, overall, it was a blast. Sure. It was everything I thought it would be. It was so it was really literally the most fun thing I've ever done. It was so fun. Yeah. Well, I was watching, you know, when Alex Smith got the comeback player of the year, uh, the NFL awards, whatever it's called. And your voice was on there when when he was the NFL films kind of thing that they do. I mean, it just yeah. brings me back to like Frank Herzog and everything, you know, like watching those old clips. And that was just it must have been so badass to be able to watch that and be like, holy shit, that's my voice. You know, like that's weird. I, I don't really. Um, and in this like someone mentioned this to me the other day because I hadn't seen this, but I guess there was some documentary on the death of randy savage and and what? i guess i was on sports center the day it happened so i broke the news and so they used the clip of me breaking the oh, news man. that randy savage died and they were like that was weird and i've heard myself on a couple of other things where it just pops up 
I, uh, I, I get so self-conscious about it that I almost can't listen to it or watch it. I, I just, you know, it's funny. I really like this Ryan Fitzpatrick guy because I think we have a lot of the same mentality about things. Like, I have an ego, you know, like I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't, but I feel like I'm very humble about it and I don't like seeing this stuff and I actually don't like a lot of the attention around it. So I won't grow a beard like him or, or call myself very brand few magic. Very few uh, but, yeah, but, but <laughs> hopefully you won't bounce around like him, though. I, mean, <laughs> I hope not. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I hope I'm not in my ninth city. I also don't want his seven kids. I don't want that one God. either. Like uh, that. We also don't have it. I common. knew he had a lot of kids. I didn't know it was seven. I was like, holy cow. He's just knocking them yeah. out, man. Yeah, he's not kidding. <laughs> he should name him after every team he plays. There that's you go. He's almost there. He's Maybe that's what he's going for. Bills. <laughs> that's Tampa Bay. This is football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is team. FB. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, well, yeah, let's talk about that, right? So a lot of moves, few really good ones for our favorite football team. But everyone seems pretty excited about this uh Ryan Fitzpatrick deal and you know obviously the other two signings I mean what are your thoughts on it so I think their options got limited mm-hmm. um the whole you know it's going to be the craziest quarterback market ever did not materialize whatsoever nope. um at some point they had to get another quarterback I think that was obvious um and I think they got the best one available and um, that was you know available to them at the time. I guess if Mariota is cut, which is going to happen, you could argue maybe that was the way to go. Or if Sam Darnold gets traded for nothing crazy, you could argue that would have been a better way to go. But I think they decided they needed to get somebody in here that could be a caretaker and they felt comfortable with, and I think they're doing okay. And, and he said this today during his press conference, where he said, I'm playing my best football now, and the metrics prove that out. I yeah. mean, if you see that. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone's like jumping up and down going, oh, here we go to the Super Bowl. But one, I think it's going to be fun. Two, like for the first time in a while, at least on the field, there's good vibes attached to this team. He feels like a good vibes guy. He feels like he's going to YOLO this. Like I, I, like, I actually think it's going to be fun to have him around. And if they do draft a quarterback, which I think is an open question mark right now, um, or if they don't, you know, I, I think he's a caretaker for them. And if their defense is going to play like it did a year ago, then maybe he will play in his first playoff game and we could have another little ride here. Um, I mean, they were not far away from beating Tampa Bay with Taylor Heineke. So I don't put a lot past them here, um, but I'm excited about Fitzpatrick. Just he seems like he's going to be fun and good vibes and whatever happens in the quarterback room, they draft somebody or not. It's not going to bother him. There's not going to be a problem. Right. Like if they brought Trubisky in here or Darnold in here, these dudes are going to be gripping it. They're like going to know that like, this is my second chance. If I fail here, I'm going to be a backup forever. It's never going to work for me. This guy can walk in here and, you know, get his beard trimmed and go, Hey boys, let's go have some fun on right. Sunday and, and hopefully, you know, keep the good vibes going. I, I really right. like him, but I just, don't understand what the end game is it feels like you're just kicking the can down the road you're doing the same thing again now you're bringing in another I mean the atypical stopgap guy he's been a stopgap like we said 19 going on I agree with you and I don't know you're just delaying the inevitable where you're going to end up in the same situation again next year where you're going to have to bring another guy in I would have rather have seen Mariota or Darnold at least in that way you have a young guy and you know what you get. You bring him in on a one-year deal, just like you did with Fitzpatrick, and it's bang or bust. With Fitzpatrick, I feel that he's one of those really highs, really lows. The guy can throw for a 500 yards, five touchdowns, four picks. You don't need a gunslinger guy. You just don't. I like him a lot. I love the, watching him play, and I like him as a person. He's great to listen to. But yeah. as far as for this football team, I, I just don't see it. I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, you know, are you do you want to give up a second round pick for Darnold and find out he's not your guy? That's an interesting question. Did you want to pay Mariota $20 million and give up an asset to find out whether he's your guy or not and not do the same shopping? That's an open question. You know, they could have waited out Mariota to get cut. I don't think Darnold will be. I think he'll be traded to somebody. I don't I don't even if they go in a different direction, I think they're going to trade him. And and so I think that they just got to once Cam resigned with New England and they clearly didn't want Trubisky because they could have had him. Right. Um, you know, I think they got left with what do we do here? And I don't disagree. This is a kick the can down the road, but I think it's what their options were. Don't you think that Rivera has like I've always felt well, since even with the Panthers that he's had like this hard on for Kyle Allen more than anybody. He always he loves to give him chance after chance after chance. 
Um, even more than Heineke. Yeah, Heineke played really well in, in the playoff game and everything, but I think Heineke would probably be the odd man out. I could be completely wrong, but I just feel I like he's got they this they gave thing. him the money that they gave him. Yeah. I don't feel that way, actually. Like, after they gave him the deal that they gave him, which is really structured as backup money, but for two years and a kind of a staggered structure with incentives, I don't I don't see how they just go the other way. Well, they could release so, him easily, though, without really yeah. any any cap hit. They can release Kyle Allen without oh, any cap hit. Literally too. with no cap hit, yeah. Yeah, with no cap hit. So I, I would be concerned if I was him. And I don't know, This the, he's not the first with this. I mean... You know, Jay Gruden loved Colt McCoy for some particular reason and <laughs> loved, loved Ryan him. Grant for some particular reason. And I think every coach has probably their favorites that everyone else in the outside world is going. I get it, but he's not um, Tom Brady. So can we just move on now? Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The one thing I am really a big fan of with Fitz, Fitzpatrick is bringing in the Curtis Samuel situation is yes. going to bring two guys because he loves to toss it around. I mean, these guys are going to have a blast with him. McLaurin and, and Samuel and Logan Thomas, too. They've got some skilled spots now, and, and that I'm excited about to see. Yeah, I, I think like, um, you know, last year was how are they going to score? Right, <laughs> right. Because right. it's Terry McLaurin and who else exactly? <laughs> and oh, by the way, Trent Williams isn't here anymore. And can Haskins play? And I was very concerned it was going to be a bad, like a really terrible offense. And, and frankly, in the end, they were a bottom third mm-hmm. um, playing with four different quarterbacks and not getting the ball down the field very much. But clearly things emerged here. McKissick turned out to be everything they thought he would be as a receiver, really more than anything. Logan Thomas turned out to be a lot better than people gave him credit for and became a good target for them. But what they have now is versatility. What we did not see Antonio Gibson do last year was what he did in college, which was play receiver, right? I think they wanted to use the year to teach him how to be a running back. With Curtis Samuel on the team, who was a running back as well, you know, in college has been converted to a receiver. You have massive flexibility with players. I think McLaurin gets to move outside a heck of a lot more than he did in the past. He won't have to work the middle as much. Samuel can do that. Samuel can be a running back. Gibson can be split out. I think world's the oyster here for Scott Turner. They have an opportunity to do a lot of different things with a lot of very versatile players now. I love this signing. Me too. Like, and I love him at the price. They have to pay him $20 million a year. He is not a number one receiver, but I think he fits exactly what they're looking for, which is extremely versatile players. And they are fast now. Gibson is fast. This guy's running like a 4-3. McLaurin is scary fast, and he never gets credit for all of that. So there's a lot of versatility here that I really, really like about this. Um, I still agree with you that in the end, this is not the long-term quarterback, and when they find who that is, if they can keep this group together, I think that they have the makings of a really solid unit to go along with that defense. And that's when we start talking about what does it really look like in January and February for this team. But I do like the makings of what's coming together, and I've been all over wanting Samuelson since they played him in December. I was like, that guy is perfect for exactly what they're trying to build here. It's just a lot. I'm hoping if they are a team that is predictable, that's an indictment of coaching because Mm -hmm. they should not be with this group of talent that they have now. Samuel had his best season when Scott Turner left. So hopefully that doesn't, (laughs) that doesn't translate over that. You know what too? McCaffrey (laughs) was hurt all year. And, and I think that's important here. Like, McCaffrey got the lion's share of balls thrown his way. He was the leading yeah. receiver and leading running back. I mean, everything went through him. He didn't play for the majority of the season, so they had to go elsewhere. Right. And so I think all that happened with Samuel was he showcased he can do a lot of different things, and I think that's what's important. He can be on the outside. It's probably not his strength. He's definitely incredible in the slot, and he can be a running back. Uh, there's a lot of versatility here, and I love the idea of getting matchups with Gibson, too, in open space and making a defense try to adjust to that with all three of them on the field, I, I think there's a lot of mismatches that can occur here. And going to the other big signing, the William Green signing, which I called that one. You What's called a- William Green? That was a good call. Oh, sorry. Call. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who is William Green? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, William I know Jackson. the editor. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know the editor. But a lot of people are saying that's a wash because they lost out on the Darby situation. I think he's better. I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's... He played very well with the Bengals. He was honestly highest on my board that that's really the corner that I wanted to have if they didn't get Darby back because Darby was just familiar with it. But Rivera gets corners paid, man. Yeah, he does. 
Um, you know, he's been on a really atrociously bad defense the last couple of years. So um, he'll be, I'm sure, very happy to be on one that isn't that. Um, I think this offers an opportunity to play more man than Washington has in the past. Um, and I think they want that because they want to be aggressive, not only with the front, but they started bringing people like Cam Curl as the season was progressing. So I think they want to be aggressive with Collins and Curl if Collins is healthy. They're going to need corners that know how to play man. And they got one um, when they let Darby go. I wasn't surprised once that price hit what it hit. <clears throat> excuse me. I was not surprised. I, I didn't think that they wanted to go to that length to pay him that money. I was then a little surprised that they went above and beyond it to get um, William Jackson. And he's he's got some injury history. So there's a concern there with all of that. But outside of it, um, I kind of lean on some of the people who grade this stuff for a business and pro football focus like freaked out and said this is a massive yeah, upgrade for yeah. Washington. So in general, I look at this and go, OK, I mean, they got a pure man cover corner now. They, we know they have a pass rush. I mean, really, the the real win, 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 you know, they, they need to move on to linebacker now and figure something out yeah. there. But the win, win, win with Ryan Kerrigan having not signed with anybody yet, if that price gets low enough and he just wants to hang around, that would be the ultimate win, win, win of the offseason that he comes back. All right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Appreciate. Hey, it's our 100th episode. Appreciate the opportunity that we're even on your amazing network then uh hey another hundred episodes hopefully we'll make it if, i'll die trying you guys do eight a week so i'll be yeah. on what next month yeah, yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> uh, yeah. slowing down a little we'll bit slowing you know? down, but, slowing uh, down. <laughs> all right boys i'll talk to you soon hey thanks a lot empire well that's gonna do it for this episode as always we're on all major podcast platforms please rate review and subscribe if you like this show please share it on social media again follow us on instagram twitter and the facebook group and uh thanks for listening and we hope you have a great weekend we'll see you next time